Welcome to Animals Today, your home for a serious talk about animals. I'm Dr. Lori Kirshner. It's that time of the year, a time to reflect on the year gone by and to look ahead to our hopes and wishes for the upcoming year. Now, with that in mind, we've been looking over all the topics we covered this past year, as well as your comments and thoughts about them. I thought we would do a countdown of our top picks of the hottest animal news stories of 2019. We chose 11 of the most important and newsworthy events and stories. So here we go. Number 11. The government of Japan announced it will leave the International Whaling Commission, cease whaling in the Southern Ocean, and begin commercial whaling in the Pacific Ocean. This is really significant. Japan, which had been threatening to leave the International Whaling Commission every couple of years when its efforts to overthrow the moratorium on commercial whaling were unsuccessful, finally announced it was quitting the organization to pursue commercial whaling in the Pacific Ocean. The International Whaling Commission is the global body charged with the conservation of whales and the management of whaling. In addition to the regulation of whaling, the organization works on conservation to preserve whales for future generations. All whaling nations need to operate inside the regulating organization. So, by going out on its own, Japan not only began whaling illegally, but it sets a dangerous precedent. Number 10 on our list of the most important animal stories of 2019. President Trump signs omnibus funding. What the heck is that, you ask? On December 18th, just a couple weeks ago, President Trump, now this is for the second time in less than two months, by the way, signed a law that included major victories for animals. The Omnibus Appropriations Package is comprised of two bills, H.R. 1865 and H.R. 1158, that fund all federal agencies for the fiscal year 2020. After passing in both the House and the Senate, Trump signed the package, which includes several gains for animals. I'm only going to tell you about a few of them to illustrate that the signing of the omnibus funding package by our president is a big win for horses and burros, companion animals, animals in research, and much more. So this is part of the package. An additional $21 million will go to the Bureau of Land Management's Wild Horse and Burrow Program. These funds can only be accessed after the agency submits comprehensive plans to treat the animals much more humanely. Additionally, it provides the Bureau of Land Management and, for the first time ever, also the U.S. Forest Service from killing or sending healthy horses or burros to be slaughtered. Also, in this package, $2 million will provide emergency and transitional shelter options for domestic violence survivors with companion animals. Next, regulations will change that will effectively prevent horse slaughter plants from operating in the U.S. during the 2020 fiscal year. $1 million for enforcement of the Horse Protection Act. This included funds designed to crack down on the practice of soaring Tennessee walking horses. For those unfamiliar with the term soaring, it's a cruel practice in which people intentionally inflict pain on a horse's legs or hooves in order to force the horse into an artificially high-stepped gait. That's so cruel. 
a $40 million increase in funds to promote non-animal alternatives to research and testing, as well as language directing the National Institute of Health to find alternatives to the use of primates in biomedical research. The law also directs the USDA to strengthen animal fighting enforcement. Also, $500,000 to address contamination in pet foods and $3 million to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration for North Atlantic right whale conservation, including research and development of safer fishing gear to lessen entanglements with these critically endangered whales, and funds to combat the transnational threat of wildlife poaching and illicit wildlife trafficking. This is just a small sampling of the animal-friendly provisions in this year's omnibus bill. If you want to read more about them, the Humane Society of the United States website has good information. Number nine on the list of the top animal news stories of 2019, California passed a law making it the first state in the U.S. to prohibit the sale of dogs, cats, and rabbits in pet stores unless the animals are from rescue organizations or animal shelters. So most of us know healthy, adoptable dogs and cats in our country's shelters continue to be euthanized, killed, because our country has an overpopulation of dogs and cats. So one of the ways many communities decided to take on the problem of dog and cat overpopulation locally has been to implement laws that ban the sale of puppies and pet stores that come from puppy mills. Puppy mills are inhumane, filthy, overcrowded, large-scale commercial breeding facilities that produce sick and diseased animals that largely end up in pet stores and are also sold online or to individual sellers, breeders. And although more and more people are becoming aware of the cruelties inherent in puppy mills, approximately 10,000 of them are still operating in the United States, producing over 2 million puppies per year. So pet stores can sell puppies, but the animals would have to come from shelters or rescue groups. The goal was to shut down the flow of dogs from puppy mills into the city. So with the pressure from animal advocates, cities had started to pass these ordinances that ban pet stores from selling puppies, cats, or bunnies that originate from the mills. Now, of course, we know these kind of ordinances won't change online sales or purchases from breeders who don't sell puppies in pet stores, but you can see how this is a big step in the right direction if the goal is to crack down on puppy mills. So the Long California, which went into effect January 2019, is the first of its kind in the U.S. It's the first statewide legislation. Now, other states, including Washington State, New York State, and New Jersey, are considering similar legislation. We hope this coming year we'll see many more states following California's lead. Okay, number eight on the list of the hottest animal stories of 2019, fast food restaurants, including KFC, McDonald's, Carl's Jr., and Subway, are beginning to offer plant-based menu items as the demand for vegan food continues to grow. I'm sure you've noticed that veganism and plant-based eating are really gaining popularity. In fact, going vegan was predicted to be the biggest food trend of 2018, and it appears to have gained even more momentum in 2019. Not only are more and more restaurants offering vegan options, but more fast food franchises are opting in on the vegan movement as well. Here are some examples. Del Taco 
is partnering with Beyond Meat, a Los Angeles-based company that produces plant-based meat substitutes. What Del Taco is doing is using Beyond Meat's fake hamburger crumbles in a proprietary blend of taco meat to make Beyond Tacos. Kentucky Fried Chicken, KFC, is now offering vegan fried chicken, or VFC. You now can get a bucket of vegan fried chicken, complete with buttermilk, biscuits that are dairy-free, of course, and vegan coleslaw. The vegan chicken is made by Tyson Foods, the world's second largest processor of chicken, beef, and pork. McDonald's is experimenting with a couple of different vegan burgers, and Carl's Jr. is also partnering with Beyond Meat to make a vegan version of the Carl's Jr. famous Star Burger. This will be available at more than 1,000 Carl's Jr. restaurants throughout the country. Number seven on our countdown of the most important animal news stories of 2019 is great news for our feline friends. New York became the first state in the country to make declawing cats illegal. Okay, you guys know what decline is, right? People often mistakenly believe that declawing is a simple procedure that removes a cat's nails. This is not the case. Declawing is literally an amputation. To declaw a cat, the veterinarian cuts off the last knuckles of a cat's paw, cutting through bone, tendons, skin, and nerves. If performed on a human being, it would be like amputating each finger at the last joint. Declaw surgery can be extremely painful for the cat, and the pain continues afterward. It's also associated with health risks and complications such as infection, arthritis, and an inability for the cat to walk normally because of the pain. In addition, declawing can cause behavioral issues, including litter box problems. So bottom line is declawed cats can suffer lifelong discomfort and disability. Many countries have banned declawing, and many veterinarians in the United States refuse to perform the procedure because they know it's unnecessary and cruel. Scratching is a natural, healthy, and important cat behavior. And if you're worried about your cat damaging your home or want to avoid unwanted scratching, there are numerous things you can do, and there are many ways to teach your cat where to scratch and where not to scratch. A number of U.S. cities, including Denver, San Francisco, and Los Angeles, had already outlawed the practice. But unless a medical necessity, Governor Andrew Cuomo signed the first statewide ban in New York. I'm not crazy about the guy, but I have to say, good job on this one, Governor. Okay, we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to continue our countdown of our top picks of the hottest animal news stories of 2019. You're listening to Animals Today. I'm Dr. Lori Kirshner, and your Animals Today Minute for today is about narwhals. These Arctic whales are recognized for their long, straight ivory tusks, which are often referred to as a unicorn horn. These iconic whales have intrigued explorers and scientists for hundreds of years. The narwhal's tusk, actually a tooth, has earned these medium-sized whales the moniker Unicorns of the Sea. They are around the same size as beluga whales, and they live in packs of 2 to 10. The total length of both male and female narwhals, excluding the tusk of the male, can range from 13 to 18 feet. Males weigh around 3,500 pounds, and females weigh around 2,200 pounds. Narwhals favor cold temperatures and live in the Arctic waters of Canada, Russia, Norway, and Greenland, and they live for 30 to 40 years. The tusk may appear to emerge from the center of the narwhal's head, but it's actually an exaggerated front left tooth that protrudes from the upper lip. 
The tusk grows throughout the narwhal's life, and while it appears straight, a closer look shows that it has a spiral contour. Plus, the tusks lack hard enamel. The tusks are mainly a male feature, although approximately 15% of female narwhals have them. Recent drone videos revealed the tusk being used to stun fish, which are then eaten. Other probable functions include echolocation and in courtship. Their diet consists of shrimp, squid, and fish. They are the prey of orcas, sharks, polar bears, walruses, and of course, humans. It is legal for the northern Inuit population to hunt narwhals in Canada. A final point of interest is the narwhal's scientific name, Monodon monoceros, which is derived from the Greek, one tooth, one horn. And that's your Animals Today Minute for today. Welcome back to Animals Today. We are counting down our top picks of animal news stories and events of 2019. Number six on our countdown. California goes fur free. This is incredible news. This is a statewide ban that outlaws the production and sales of fur in California. This includes clothing and accessories. So, no, I don't have to tell you that the fur industry causes incredible suffering and pain to the animals. We're talking about millions of rabbits, mink, foxes, and other wild animals who are caught, trapped in these painful, crippling leg hole traps, then are kept in cramped, filthy cages, and then killed in the cruelest ways you can imagine, including gassed, electrocuted, and skinned alive. All for what? In the name of fashion. If you're old enough, and I am, you might remember when fur was the hot trend. I was a teenager. And then, like in the late 1980s, we started to see anti-fur campaigns and protests. And people were starting to think twice about wearing clothes made of dead animals. And then there was the fur flap in 1987. Do you remember that? If you're younger than me, you might not. So let me digress a bit and tell you what that is. So Bob Barker hosted the TV game show The Price is Right for nearly 35 years, and he was, and still is, I should say, I think he's 96 years old now, a big-time animal advocate. He would say to his audience at the end of each show, help control the pet population, have your pet spayed or neutered. I'm proud to say we had Bob Barker on the show about, what, like nine years ago, when Animals Today was just a small little local radio show in Palm Springs, California. That was so much fun. Anyway, Bob Barker did not like the giveaway prizes to be fur. And in an interview, he said he told the show's producer, quote, I went to Mark Goodson and told him I didn't want to be on the stage with these fur coats. And so we took the coats off our show. And in 1987, when Bob Barker was hosting the Miss USA pageant, he had a problem with contestants wearing fur coats over their swimsuits. This is a quote from Barker. They were going to bring the swimsuit contestants out in their swimsuits, but wearing fur coats over their swimsuits, he said. I said, I can't do it. It would be the most hypocritical thing in the world. Reportedly, he refused to host the Miss USA pageant if the contestants wore the real furs. Well, guess what? The contestants wore fake furs that year. Anyway, that was known as the fur flap of 1987. Also, one more comment I want to make related to fur. 
A few years ago on the show, we had a guest, Pierre Grubowski. He was the policy enforcement manager for the Humane Society of the United States for a free campaign. Pierre explained how garments, shoes, and handbags marked and advertised as being composed of synthetic materials may actually have animal fur or hair. And he said it's not uncommon for retailers to call or label something faux fur or fake fur, and it's actually real animal fur. That's obviously deceptive labeling, but that's what happens. You really can't trust the labels. Pierre gave us a few great tips or tests we can do to know exactly what you're buying and to distinguish animal fur from fake fur. So, of course, you can go to animalstodayradio.com and listen to that interview. That was back in 2015. So, California has become the first U.S. state to ban the sale of animal fur products, which goes into effect 2020 and is definitely a great story to include on our list of the hottest animal news stories of the year. Number five on our list of the most important stories of 2019 is the international agreement to limit the exportation of wild elephants from Africa to the U.S., China, and other countries. As many of you know, we have talked a great deal about the cruelty of forcing elephants to live out their lives in captivity, as in the case when humans place them in zoos or force them to perform in circuses. More and more people are getting it, that it's inhumane to force an elephant to live his or her entire life in a tiny zoo enclosure. And despite the growing awareness that elephants who are taken from the wild and forced to live in captivity endure stress and isolation, many zoos still promote elephant exhibits. And where have we historically gotten most of our elephants from? Africa, where they are tranquilized and ripped away from their mothers at a young age. Elephants will be better protected thanks to a new agreement to ban the export of wild elephants from Africa. We had expert Will Anderson with In Defense of Animals on the show back in September. He explained how the countries of the European Union were persuaded to sign on for the ban, assuring its passage. If you want to learn the details of how this agreement came to be, I would encourage you to listen to that show. Number four on our list of hottest animal news stories of the year, California's Santa Anita Horse Racing Park and the death of numerous horses there. What the hell was going on at Santa Anita Park this year, right? My God, we must have reported on the story five different times this past year because it just seemed like another horse died every week and sometimes multiple horses in one week. In fact, over the span of one year from July 2018 to the end of June 2019, there were 49 horse deaths. And of course, because of this, the park received a lot of negative coverage. California Senator Dianne Feinstein called for an immediate moratorium on racing at Santa Anita. And specialists investigated everything from the training conditions to the weather to the track itself. And I'll just tell you, of course, these investigations usually end up nowhere because the horse racing industry is just a corrupt and lethal activity no matter what. At least 1,200 horses die on U.S. racetracks each year. At some point in a racehorse's career, the horse is likely to suffer a breakdown, meaning one or more leg bones chatter. This is almost always a fatal injury in horses. These unfortunate animals quickly get euthanized right on the track behind a scene or out of sight after being carted away. 
Horse racing is not a sport, okay? It's inherently cruel, $40 billion gambling industry where horses are overtrained, whipped repeatedly, forced to run unnaturally fast, and pumped full of drugs to mask pain and injury. Then once they're no longer useful, they are systematically discarded. This Santa Anita story is only part of a growing awareness about the cruelty of horse racing that the general public and the media is gaining. And that trend is certainly going to continue in 2020. And hopefully, just like we're witnessing with greyhound racing, where most of the tracks in the country have been shut down, the horse racing industry will begin to shrivel away and die. How do you like that for a prediction? Number three on our list of the most newsworthy stories of the year is Conan, the now famous military dog. Conan, a Belgian Malinois, took part in the raid that targeted and ultimately took down one of the most wanted terrorists in the world, ISIS leader al-Baghdadi. This huge news story spoke to the incredible ability of animals, particularly dogs, to carry out great feats to please and protect their humans. Conan, a military working dog, was one of several military individuals who chased al-Baghdadi down a tunnel. Now, Conan was injured when the ISIS leader detonated his suicide vest, and although Conan was only slightly injured and expected to make a full recovery, this incident sparked a conversation about the ethics of using dogs and other animals in dangerous jobs where they face the risk of injury or death. Okay, we got to take a break. When we come back, the two most important animal stories of 2019. You want to take a guess what those might be? back to animals today we're counting down our top picks of the hottest animal news stories of 2019 number two on our countdown to the most newsworthy animal stories of the year one million species at risk of extinction According to a new United Nations report, up to 1 million of the estimated 8 million plant and animal species on Earth are at a risk of extinction due to human activity. This was a remarkable animal story in 2019, and unfortunately, there was very little coverage of this on the news. So I want to devote a few minutes to this one, okay? And by the way, this report wasn't just thrown together by a couple scientists. Hundreds of experts worked together to create this global assessment. According to the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Service, IPBES, a total of 455 authors representing 50 countries took part in this 1,800-page report. Its findings are based on reviews of some 15,000 scientific and government sources. So the report breaks it down like this. 25% of mammals, more than 40% of amphibian species, nearly 33% of sharks, and 25% of plant groups are threatened with extinction. According to the World Wildlife Fund's Living Planet report last year, Populations of mammals, birds, fish, reptiles, and amphibians have shrunk by 60% in just over 40 years. Okay, so why is this important? If we, the human species, 
Homo sapiens are not at risk of extinction, then why should we care about other species? Well, because we humans depend on these other species. We depend on healthy ecosystems. What's an ecosystem? An ecosystem is a community of interacting organisms and their physical environment. So we depend on healthy ecosystems and healthy and stable ecosystems have a high level of biodiversity, meaning there's a variety of species and organisms living there and contributing. And that's a key word here. What do I mean by contributing? Each organism has its role and purpose in that ecosystem. Every species, no matter how small, has an important role to play. We are all interconnected, humans, animals, plants, and the environment, the interconnected web of life. This interconnectedness is essential. Humans and all other species depend on healthy ecosystems. And disturbing this balance within the ecosystem could have devastating effects for all living beings. Here's an example, okay? Good example of our interconnectedness. I love saying that word. Humans need food to survive. According to the Food and Agriculture Organization of the United Nations, more than three quarters of the world's food crops rely, at least in part, on the activities of bees, wasps, butterflies, and other pollinators. This new UN report found that 10% of insect species are under threat. Well, a decline in the pollinators can pose a threat to our food supply. Are you going to run out of food in 10 years? No, but it's an example of the necessity of healthy ecosystems. Here's another example, coral reefs. Think about what happens if our coral reefs start to disappear, and they are. Coral reefs are dying at an alarming rate all around the globe, and they are an essential part of the ocean because they provide food and shelter for many marine animals. In fact, more than 25% of all marine species depend on coral reefs. And our activities, human activities, are killing the coral reefs. Activities such as destructive fishing practices and overfishing, pollution and acidification, plastic pollution. A study in the Pacific Ocean found that bags and bottles are sickening and killing reefs from Thailand to Australia. We are polluting our waters. We're polluting our entire planet. We litter. We hunt and kill our beautiful wildlife. We destroy trees and habitats of other living beings. We are degrading and destroying our Earth's ecosystems. You hear all the time about polar bears being threatened by habitat loss. Well, did you know that our tigers, giraffes, and rhinos, they too are being threatened? And many of these are apex predators, meaning they reside at the top of the food chain. Thus, they play a very important role in maintaining the balance and biodiversity of an ecosystem. So if these guys go extinct, the apex predators, that affects other animals and plants that live in that environment and affects the entire food chain, right? No top predator, so they're herbivorous prey begins to boom. And then these animals who require vegetation for food will destroy a large amount of plant life like grasses and trees, and then comes loss of habitat for other animals. Plus, we humans need healthy soil and clean water, which depend on these plants. So you see how the entire balance can be disruptive? 
According to the World Wildlife Fund, the western black rhino and the northern white rhino are extinct in the wild. In 2011, the International Union for Conservation of Nature declared the western black rhino extinct. How did that happen? We killed them off. Poachers killed the rhinos off. They were killed for their horns, which were then sold to the black market in China and used in traditional Asian medicine. In 2014, I remember reading when one of the last northern white rhinos in the world died in Kenya, leaving only six of the species in the world. And I remember thinking, you know, how terribly sad what we're doing to our beautiful animals with whom we share this planet. But at the time, I wasn't really thinking about the crucial role rhinos play in the ecosystem and the downstream effect it would have on the numerous other species if all the rhino species became extinct. Rhinos are grazing animals. They graze. That helps maintain the savanna grasslands. And those grasslands sustain numerous other animals. We need to protect our wildlife. According to this report, human actions threaten more species now than ever before. The primary threats to biodiversity identified in this report include pollution, poaching, overfishing, and climate change, as well as changes in land use, such as devoting more land to agriculture or livestock. Sir Robert Watson, the chair of the Intergovernmental Science Policy Platform on Biodiversity and Ecosystem Service, that's this report, said, the health of ecosystems on which we and all other species depend is deteriorating more rapidly than ever. We are eroding the very foundations of our economies, livelihoods, food security, health, and quality of life worldwide. Watson added that while it's not too late to begin to change course, humans must start now at every level from local to global. So for me, this was definitely one of the most important news stories in 2019. And the report was designed to guide policymakers and government on conservation and sustainability decisions and try to focus on preserving biodiversity. But like I said earlier, there was very little coverage of this on the news, right? Did you hear about it? Oh, one million species at risk for extinction because of human activity. You would have remembered if you heard this headline, right? And finally, the most important news story of 2019 is something animal advocates have been waiting a very long time for, and that is a national anti-cruelty law. In November, President Trump signed the PACT Act into law. The PACT Act, the Preventing Anti-Cruelty and Torture Act, criminalizes intentional acts of animal cruelty and torture at the federal level. President Trump said during the signing ceremony where he was joined by animal activists, it is important that we combat these heinous and sadistic acts of cruelty, which are totally unacceptable in a civilized society. So, those who intentionally commit the most heinous acts of animal abuse, including burning, drowning, suffocation, crushing, and impaling animals, will face federal prosecution. Is this a big deal? You better believe it is. Big win for the animals. Big. 
there are very few federal animal protection laws on the books in the United States. Until the signing of this law, most regulation regarding the treatment of animals has happened at the state level. Now that the PACT Act has been signed into law, federal authorities can go after the offenders since they will have federal jurisdiction and will not be bound by state laws. PACT makes a statement about American values. Animals are deserving of protection at the highest level, said Kitty Block, President and Chief Executive of the Humane Society of the United States. She goes on, the approval of this measure by the Congress and the President marks a new era in the codification of kindness to animals within federal law. For decades, a national anti-cruelty law was a dream for animal protectionists. Today, it is a reality. So there you go, our top picks of animal news stories and events in 2019. And it has certainly been quite a year for animal news. We hope to see continued positive gains for animals making headlines in 2020. And please join us for serious talk about animal issues next year. To find out more about any of these stories and the others we covered throughout the year, or to listen to our podcast, you can go to animalstodayradio.com. Have a wonderful new year. listening to Animals Today, your home for serious talk about animals. Now in its 11th year, Animals Today covers all the important animal issues you want to know about from around the world. Animals Today is a project of the nonprofit animal welfare organization advancing the interests of animals. Its mission is to improve the lives of animals and to encourage increased compassion and respect for all living beings. Check them out at aianimals.org. That's aianimals.org. Your donation will support the ongoing broadcast of Animals Today. Just visit aianimals.org and click support us. I'm Dr. Lori Kirshner, and thanks for listening. Imagine devouring delicious, healthy meals without as much as lifting a pot. With Vistro, you get that convenience plus a lot more. We have really been enjoying our delicious plant-based meals from Vistro, like soba noodles and peanut sauce, Southwest barbecue chicken, and Tuscan calzone. You order your package online and choose your favorites, and in a few days, your box arrives at your home. The freshly prepared meals come in an insulated box packed with plenty of dry ice to keep them frozen. Place the meals in your freezer, and they are ready to go whenever you want. The easy-to-follow heating instructions are on each package. These are organic, flavorful, healthy vegan recipes, and having these as an option has made our busy weeks so much easier. Plus, they've been in business for six years now, so they really know what they're doing. Go to vistro.com, V like Victor, E-E-S-T-R-O.com, and choose your meals and enjoy. That's vistro.com. Dr. Lori Kirshner from Animals Today. Here's a question for you. What do game show host Bob Barker, actress Tippi Hedren, journalist and author Jane Velez Mitchell, and rock legend Paul Rogers all have in common? That's right. Each one has been a guest on Animals Today. In fact, people from all walks of life, like scientists, lawyers, dog and cat rescuers, and whale protectors, have shared their views and described their work on behalf of animals on the show. 
So keep up on the latest and most important animal news and issues from around the world each week right here. Make sure to join the discussion on Facebook and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. And of course, I welcome your ideas and suggestions. So feel free to contact me at Dr. Lori, that's D-R-L-O-R-I, at AnimalsTodayRadio.com. See you next time. Lori, I've got a list of the top 10 songs about animals of all time. Mm. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. This comes from the uh, file. Anyone can make a list about anything and publish it on on the internet. (laughs) And I think that's what this author did. This one happens to be about 10 years old, but I think you'll like it anyway. So here are the top 10 songs about animals of all time, according to some guy. Okay, so um, number 10, Who Let the Dogs Out? Remember that one? Yeah. Okay, so... Um, Who I, Let the Dogs That's right. I went to YouTube uh, today, and 42 million people have viewed that video. Holy cow. Yeah, okay. Uh, number nine, Atomic Dog. This is from uh, that guy, George Clinton. I looked at that video. It's absolutely terrible. I don't and, remember that. And uh, it, I don't know why it's on his list. It's from the 80s, and really, it's a very dated video in a pretty cruddy song puff the magic dragon oh yeah okay peter yeah. paul and mary sure they have uh, there are a couple of versions online there's eight million views of one of the versions that's a sweet little song i wonder if kids know about that these days i don't know probably um, not then uh, baby beluga uh, remember baby beluga no, okay this me. is popular like maybe 15 20 years ago a singer named Rafi and his guitar he mm. would play for live audiences with kids in their parents laps and 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 it was uh, and it was sweet. And uh, his live version has five and a half million views. And it was a little sad to realize that some of these uh, kids who are in the audience um, have grown up and they're now managing your money and taking care of you when you go to the emergency room. So these are, that's the baby beluga generation. They're now uh, they're now out. Next one on this list, which I, I like, is Ben from Michael Jackson. Yeah. There's a great video uh, from the 1973 Oscars of the uh, child Michael Jackson, and that's got about 10 million views. That was uh, part of my childhood. I remember Ben. Horse With No Name from America. That's great a, song. That's a great one. That is uh, in the sweet spot of my uh, recollection also. Next one, number four on this list, Joy to the World, Three Dog Night. Love that one. Everyone, who can resist that one, right? Okay. Then the Beatles, Blackbird. We've talked about that before. That deserves to be on any list about... uh, On every list. On any list about anything, right? Okay. Rockin' Robin. This is number two on the guys list. Yeah. Um, The original version by Bobby Day. That was from 1957. Okay. I don't remember that one. Don't laugh. And number one, The Lion Sleeps Tonight by The Tokens. Many people in, sing that, right? Yeah. Recorded in 1961. 34 million YouTube views mm. by The Tokens. My parents like The Tokens. Oh, yeah. Um, and uh, so that's to give you an idea of how many people are viewing this, at least on, on YouTube, which is the way most people get some of this music. But like I said, this list is a little old and I have... Um, and you don't even want to give this guy credit. You're not mentioning his name. No, I'm not. I don't want him to come after me. But like I said, it's it's a it's an old list, and uh, there is one a song that just blows all these out of the water. You that, know what is? that is Baby Shark. Baby Shark. Oh yeah, that that's horrible silly video that you showed me a couple yes. months ago. I never well, heard of it till you showed that to I me. I know it, it is. I guess not having kids, we don't know about those things. How many YouTube views do you think Baby Shark? Oh my goodness. Has? Okay, tens okay. of millions. No, two billion views. 
Two billion views of Baby Shark. Baby Shark, Shark, Shark. Something like that, yeah, okay. So um, that's going to be the next generation of people who are going to be taking care of us oh in, our, in our old age. The uh, Baby Shark generation, <laughs> they're going to be of. giving you your medicine and driving you. Oh, boy. They're going to say, open your mouth, Baby Shark, <laughs> Shark, Shark. Come Take your medicine, <laughs> medicine, medicine. Let's go to the bathroom, bathroom, bathroom. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> You're drooling. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, so hopefully the baby shark generation will uh, grow up to be upstanding, responsible citizens. I sure hope so. Okay, next year's list is going to be different. Merry Christmas. Are we allowed to say Christmas these days? Oh, we're going to say it anyway. Okay, Merry Christmas. We have a little reindeer uh, item here. This comes from Texas A&M University. And one of their professors, Alice Blue McLendon, she says that reindeer are the only type of deer in which both males and females grow antlers. Mm. Yeah. So you know what that means? That means that Santa's reindeers, including Rudolph, all of them might have been female. You can't uh-huh. tell. So some of those uh, seemingly male reindeer may have been a female. There are a couple of other notable reindeer facts you want to make sure you know this year. They are ruminants, and they have four chambered stomachs. They are excellent swimmers. Male reindeer during mating season eat infrequently. They are focused. And the uh, type of deer we're talking about, reindeer is the term in Europe and Scandinavia, but they are called caribou in North America. Same animal. So Merry Christmas. (laughs) Around the holiday time, people are tempted to give pets like puppies or bunnies as gifts. And uh, you've heard this before, you do not want to be involved in that, right? Uh, We received a little update from PETA. Uh, You may have read this in other places too. And they are reminding listeners that animals are not gifts. Cats and dogs are living beings who have long lifespans and complex needs. And uh, the person who is receiving this gift may not be up to the task. They may not want to. They may not know what you are getting them into, the expense, the attention, veterinary care. So many reasons why animals should not be considered gifts. Uh, Also remember that uh, getting an animal thinking your child may be the primary caretaker of the animal is likely to backfire. Uh, Young children can unintentionally harm animals when they're playing with them, pulling their ears or tails. They can get scratched or bitten. The kids can make the animals nervous. And chances are you are going to be walking the dog and feeding the dog and driving the animals around more than your children are. So make sure you do not get an animal thinking that your younger children are going to really learn some responsibility from this. It's going to backfire. Also remember that many people who receive pets as gifts around the holidays end up just relinquishing them to the shelter. So the shelters end up being overcrowded around holiday time because of this tendency for people to give animals as gifts. So please avoid doing that. When you buy an animal from a breeder or a pet store, remember you're taking a chance away from a dog or cat in a shelter to have a home. So don't support the buying and breeding industry. Okay, so most of our listeners have heard these bits of advice before. Remember not to give pets as gifts and... 
do not support the breeding and selling industry.